All right, we're live. 59th installment of the Unplugged Alpha podcast series. What's up? Polly Foursomes, can it get any worse than tonight's topic? Which I'm going to show you guys of this thruple. I don't know what the hell they call them today. But I got a few articles I want to kind of go over first before I show you the video. Question tonight opens with, would you share your wife and your finances with your wife's boyfriend, as it states in the description there of the video? Now, if you're watching this uh, elsewhere on the interwebs, I would love it if you came over and watched live here. Uh, there in the chat, that's the link to the Unplugged Alpha YouTube channel. Head on over, subscribe, hit the like button, all that good stuff, as, as they say and as it goes. Uh, let me share real quick up here on the screen these uh, tabs I got here. So we've got, so this is the typical idea. So if you guys don't know what polyamorous means or poly means, it's not what you think it is. Usually when you hear this, most guys are like, oh, that means you're running a harem and you have like sister wives or you're, or you're like dating a lot of women simultaneously sort of thing, or maybe even living together with all these women. And that's what guys think it is. But the truth of the matter is today's version is more or less a couple of dorks or one dork or maybe three dorks and one girl or two girls or something like that. And you're going to see what I'm talking about in a second when we get to the meat and potatoes of it all. But first, let's kind of deal with what the media likes to sell us, right? So this is the standard narrative right here, okay? Okay. Uh, it'll be an article with, hey, I'm polyamorous and live with my partners and our children. Here's how we make it work. And they like to amplify and suggest that this is something that's very easy and convenient in today's world. Um, we'll talk about the convenience factors and everything that sort of like builds into this. But in this image here, we've got a woman with two dudes kissing her on the cheek. For those of you that are listening to the audio podcast. Uh, summary here says, when my husband and I opened up our relationship, we never thought we'd have a live-in partner. I can guarantee he didn't think this. That changed when we met Ty. We moved in together and along with our two kids and never looked back. Here's how we parent while we live in a polyamorous relationship. Now, this is this is them selling the idea like it's supposed to work. It's supposed to be easy. This, by the way, is not how the Unplugged Alpha lives. Um, let's just read this through here. Imagine a polyamorous person right now. You're probably thinking of a young person who lives with their cats and plants. Well, some people are. Or maybe an Instagram thruple where every member is super fit and conventionally attractive. Conventionally attractive. You're going you're gonna to see when you start seeing the photographs and the, the videos in a little bit. Well, what? Sorry, what about an exhausted mom who wears yoga pants? Okay. I've got two kids. D, who's 11. H, who's 9. I also have two living partners. There's Daniel, my legal spouse, and the biological father of D and H, and Ty, my unofficial spouse and co-parent. We're not a thruple. Daniel and Ty do not date each other, but I switched beds between the two. So this woman married a guy, Daniel, who's her legal spouse, and then convinced Daniel to let Ty move into the equation. Daniel and I opened up our marriage in translation, she opened it up. Our kids were six and three at the time. We opted to join a local polyamory group that was family friendly. And we brought our kids to many. Could you imagine being one of these kids in school and the other kids find out that your mom is getting boinked by some other dude and your dad has to sleep in a spare room? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing a video on bullying at some point in the future because I've because I've got some thoughts on that. Um, but back to the subject of polyamory. Anyway, so this couple brings their kids to a polyamorous family meetup group or something to help normalize it for my kids at a young age because it's apparently normalized now, right? We didn't think we'd actually live together with a partner. I worried it would be irresponsible for my kids to get attached to other partners who might not end up sticking around. At first, we mostly dated people who are in similar situations to ours who already had nesting partners, a partner whom they live with and their own lives to worry about. Telling you, man, the kids are the victims in situations like this. But that changed with Ty, who was single when we met. We started dating in 2018 and in 2020, right before the pandemic. The five of us moved into a new house together. We all had been spending a lot of time together before moving in, but we all bunkered down at home together during the pandemic and bonded in a really special way and spent so much time together. Soon my kids begin to think of Ty as a parent too. So this is how they make it work. Parenting while polyamorous might seem complicated, but having multiple adults in the house while raising children is actually a dream come true. For her, it is, yeah. I wonder, I wonder what he feels. Why aren't we asking him questions at all? It's always revolving around her in this article so far. Anyway, someone is always around to watch the kids. Yeah, she's got an extra babysitter. And there are plenty of people to do chores. Okay, so now she has betas to do her uh, chores around the house, especially since my kids are older. We have our specialty, she says. I like to create meal plans and cook. Ty manages laundry. <laughs> dude, dude was brought in to babysit, housekeep, and maybe have some bedroom fun. Daniel does the dishes. D takes out the trash. And D and H, by the way, are the kids. They don't mention the kids' names. D takes out the trash and H feeds the pets. Oh, and there's another benefit to multiple adults under one roof. Three incomes. I bet that works out swell for her, right? We are a close group, however. Ty and I both have separate long-distance partners. Ty and I both have separate... This starts to get confusing. So Ty is a new guy who has another guy or girl that he's... Or she's dating. I don't know, whatever. Uh, Daniel, who's her, uh, I guess, husband, has a girlfriend here in Richmond who doesn't live with them. Since we date separately, there's always someone at home with the kids to maintain a sense of stability. Okay, so she ended up cucking this new guy to look after the kids while her and the husband go out banging other people. Imagine being that kid in that household. You know, like, this can't be good for children. And though there are more schedules to juggle, we've gotten the hang of it over time. I'm a loyal devotee of Google Calendar. Oh, well, well done. You should pat yourself on your shoulder. Uh, into which we enter all of our plans. Oh, so this is the couple here. So this is a stock photograph up here of what, I guess what we thought, Ty, Jennifer, and Daniel, or is it them? Why does this chick look totally different from this chick over here? Oh no, it's the same one. She's got the tattoo over here on the chest. It is the same one. Okay, so this is the three of them here. For some reason, she looks uh, a little more fit over here. I guess it's me, I don't know, older photograph or something like that. But here's the two guys that she's uh, with. They're, they're never alpha males. Never. Like this guy doesn't look like he could punch his way out of a wet paper bag. I don't know what this guy's doing. It's just, I don't know. This is weird. When I casually date, which is rare, I'm always upfront about family being my priority and my time being limited and only serious partners. I had a pretty bad breakup when a girlfriend of mine who was also a mom cut off all contact between her families, ignoring attempts to reach out. 
Uh, although Ty is not a biological parent of my children, he will legally get guardianship and all my assets in the unlikely event that someone, something happens to me. Daniel, he has also sworn there for my kids, even if we break up. But so far, that seems unlikely. We're really happy. Anyway, so this is like the standard narrative, like I mentioned, they try to sell you. Oh, it works out. It works out so well. You know, we're a poly relationship. I, you know, Ty does the dishes and Daniel does uh, whatever, uh, change the light bulbs. And it's like, you know, they sell you the story. Plus, we have three incomes in a household now, which is great because we can barely afford housing. So this is a great thing. And this is something that you too should also consider is allowing your wife to bring some other dude into the bedroom and you share your wife. Uh, and expose your kids to this. Now, this is the this is the perfect story, or what is purported to be anyway. Let's start taking a look at what actually happens in some of these relationships, and then we're going to get into this video that I have, this nine minute video uh, with this four way couple and how they share everything, including their finances. Um, and I have some feedback on that because that also happens to be an area of my expertise as well. Uh, so let's grab the next screen here. And here it is. Title of this, uh, for those of you listening, is Man and Polyamorous Relationship with Wife, Other Man Charged with Assaulting the Other Man. This is a recent story from uh, about a week or so ago uh, in September. Uh, this is in Washington. A man in a polyamorous relationship is charged with assault and unlawful possession of a firearm. This is what often happens. Um, where is the story? He said there had been tension. So here it is. Uh, he said the three of them decided to go to bed as they were laying in bed. So this is a woman and two men. Uh, Baston got up and said he wasn't doing this anymore than left the room. The wife says she followed him out of the living room, which is when he pointed a gun at her head and said that when the men came into the living room and stepped between her and Baston, when the man, so, so this is the extra dude. She says Baston told the man, take one more step and I'll kill you. The man said he was able to convince Baston to put the gun down after pleading for reasoning. Anyway, so this guy's in custody now. There's criminal charges. This is just one story of a few that I'm going to show you. So it's not it's not all rainbows and butterflies, okay? Uh, it's, it's pretty stupid. Here's another one. Now, I've covered this story a couple years ago. Um, there's an original version of this where they just start talking about this woman and her four uh, dudes. Again, never alpha males. They look fat boy over here with the Star Wars t-shirt. Uh, she's holding this guy's hand. He doesn't look very pleased here with his hands crossed in his lap. This is the five couple poly. It's, it's always almost always one chick and a bunch of nerds. And they're taking care of the house, paying the bills, paying the mortgage, um, sharing a little bit of time with her. Maybe they play video games together when she's out, you know, banging the alpha males on the weekend. Because that's usually what ends up happening, you know. They end up taking care of the house and the kids while she goes off and porks some alpha male, which I don't know that she'd get one or not. But this is a situation. This is this is where we're at, okay? Yeah, Moff makes a good pet point. She's 20 in this story, but she looks 40. Now, this is the follow-up story, okay? This is a follow-up story where they talk about her being pregnant. I'm not going to go through all of this. You can look it up. This is her and the biological father of the baby. This is her holding her stomach, uh, although it's difficult to tell that she's pregnant in that photograph. This is the uh, geeks playing cards at the table, I guess, on card night. So you get an idea. Now, they don't continue following this story, but here's, I want you to look at this guy's face over here. Let's see if I can zoom it in a little bit. No, it won't do it. Anyway, let's go to this. I want you to look at this guy's face over here. This dude over here, is the same guy in this picture over here. 
What's the title say? Again, this story here is about a polyamorous Florida woman with four boyfriends is pregnant. Follow-up story. Actually, what's the date on this? Uh, December 6, 2019. Follow-up story. Jacksonville man jailed in abuse of five-week-old baby in 2020, March 2020. This is the same dude over here. This geek over here. Okay. They don't talk much about it. Let's see if they cover the poly part of the story. Uh, the girl's grandmother caught him doing this. Distraught. Oh, the horror. Investigation. Broken ribs. Child protection. Uh, child had a minimum of three attacks. Baby's mother called Florida Department of Children Families. Da -da. Nothing mentioning the complexity of the poly relationship in this article. Just green-haired dude beats the crap out of the kid that's not his. Again, this is him over here. So that's that's how that's a couple of examples of how these things generally unfold. Now I'm going to throw my earbuds in because there's a video that I'm going to play for you of this four-way couple. There's no kids involved in this one yet, but they're talking about it. And I'm going to offer some feedback on what I think is going on because this is just insanity. Share your wife and your finances with your wife's boyfriend. What do we got here in the chat? Uh, Rich, why do you guys tolerate this absurd behavior? I wouldn't. I would never. <laughs> only only people with low options to tolerate this sort of behavior. Uh, so Jad says pearl, pure cuckoldry. All right. So let's throw up this next one in the stream here and get some audio going. Share screen tab. How a poly foursome. So the title of this is from CNBC and it says how a poly foursome manages their money. So let's see what we got here. Uh, let's go this. So I've paused it over here at the 22nd mark. We've got Kyle who's married to Rachel and we've got Ashley who's married to Yair. Uh, Kyle is a mixologist. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's a fancy word for bartender. Rachel is a marriage and family therapist, and Ashley is a culinary director. Um, I don't know what that means. And Yair is a private chef. Now, these two over here own the house. These two moved into their house, and all four of these people share finances in the house and each other. Um, I think with the exception of the men. I think she plays and she plays with everybody and the dudes don't with each other. But anyway, so let's let's play this and see what we got here from the top. Our nighttime patties, I guess you could I say. Have, like my sleeping pills. I have my eye mask, uh, my evening lip mask. Sometimes I put snacks in. <laughs> yeah, sometimes there are snacks, sometimes. Totally normal, right? You know, let's let's go through our bags and talk about what's in them with our snacks and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Of course, you know, that's how they're gonna kick off the story because they want you to think that, that this should be normalized in society their sex toys. This is Kyle, Rachel, Ashley, and Yair. Kyle's married to Rachel and Ashley to Yair. Two married couples in a non-monogamous relationship, a family of four. Our sleep schedule is interesting. We go typically on a rotation. So you're going to notice in this video that this Rachel one, now there's always a leader in every group, every tribe. There's always somebody that's more of the leader role, the alpha role. You're going to notice that she does all the talking She's the one that collects the money from all the people and a few of them sort of chime in from time to time. So this would be the, I suppose, a ringleader that orchestrated, you know, most of this. Um, meaning like if it's from my point of view, let's say tonight's with Kyle, 
then the next night is with Ashley and then the next night's with Yair and then next night's with Kyle and next night's with Ashley and next night's with Yair and like kind of rotate that way. And the title of this is How to Manage Finances in a Non-Traditional Relationship. All right, educate us, CNBC. Let's see what you got. We met at the very, very, very beginning of COVID. Uh, we were all members of a sex-positive organization in New York City. There was a... Shocking, it's New York City. A poll in me to message Yair. It was very clear that we had a lot in common and hit it off. And within 48 hours... Hang on a sec. This guy's a chef and he's making like yellow mustard sandwiches. I don't know about that story. Anyway. Hours, I was talking with Ashley, who messaged me. I thought she was absolutely gorgeous and then was so excited. After talking with Ashley for a day, I realized that she and Kyle were like two peas in a pod. So I asked these two if I could bring Kyle into the group chat. We started a group chat of four people. And literally from that day, we have not stopped talking. And now we live together and share a home. It is illegal in all 50 states. <laughs> all right, let's keep going. <laughs> I, don't, I have a feeling we haven't even touched it touch the tip of the iceberg yet to be married to more than one person but according to a study published in 2021 one out of five people in the u.s has engaged in a consensually non-monogamous relationship at some point during their life non-monogamy is just having either more than one partner or being open to having more than one partner you don't have to be practicing it to be it we share finances we share a home we share yeah. a dog and a cat and then all of this and partners and, and, and partners, partners. Yeah. a lot of things we'll share like that that jacket this jacket no no no, no that, this one this one is you yeah. It's fun to be able to put on something that like I would never buy for myself or frankly even pick up off the rack. And she's like, that won't look good on me and like try it on. Yeah. Did they say how old they were? I don't know what, like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. I mean, she's the one doing all the talking so far. And there are some, <laughs> there are some things where I'm like, no, this is a, this is an actually only garment. All four of their incomes go into an account and those there are the funds go. they use to pay for everything together. I think that if we took a look at it, there would be more clothing than perhaps we are uh, front of mind aware of. So that's this dude's way of saying you ladies are spending way too much of our money on clothing. So you're sharing your wife and you're sharing your finances and you're buying clothes for somebody that's not your wife in a house that you may or may not own. I'm not exactly sure how this is going to unfold, but let's keep going. I mean, this is this has got to end really well. Let me just check the comments real quick. Yeah, this dude's like, this is definitely not going to end horribly. Uh, I would love to see a follow-up story in one to three years from now. Yeah, this is like, the, I've seen this movie before. This is a train wreck unfolding in slow motion. This is, the title of this video should be How to Make a Train Wreck Out of Four People's Lives. Talk about what our uh, core spent expenses are, what the bills look like, what the mortgage looks like. We keep The interesting thing about this dude, Yair, uh, Mr. Tattoo here, is he's got what's called hunter eyes and hunter eyes are, you know, you guys can Google this, but they're conventionally desired. Um, I'm not sure if it's the balance or the distance, you know, between the eyes, but, it, but it's the depth in the brow. Um, and that's what determines that sort of look. And that's generally uh, strongly desired by women. It's, it's, it's something that they look for. That's what Evo Psych has concluded anyway. Keep an eye month to month on what our numbers look like. Um, and goals a little bit. We've talked goals. About, we talk like, about you know longer term. Uh, you know we want to do this next year. What's that going to look like? Will you give me that? Right. Why don't you hold this? So, Mr. Tattoo Arms here, the chef, now hands over his money to. Uh, I'm guessing. Uh, Rachel. Yeah. So she takes his money. 
<laughs> oh my god. Write the check for her too, right. so she can have a cash tip. Great. Okay. Um, and if you want to give me the check, I can. I also have a credit card if that works. We really try to let everybody. This dude over here has said nothing. He's just sitting here smiling like a muppet. Poopy doop live organically and, and do what they want and then we come back and take a look and go okay so last month i think we probably overdid it on the restaurants why don't we this month you know trim that back and save up for a birthday coming up in, in next week or whatever and as for the larger expenses yair and ashley own the house they all live in but the mortgage payment is split among right so yair and ashley own the house that they all live in but the mortgage payment is split amongst all of them that's not possibly going to end badly in any way shape or form right I mean, I don't know what state law is like in New York, but I know for a fact that in most places in the developed world, if you're making installment payments on somebody else's mortgage and you live in their house, then you have rights to that asset if it doesn't work out. Now, do they have a cohabitation agreement or a prenup? I don't know. Let's find out. All four. One of the things that I was very adamant about was that my student loan debt did not come and impact them. Um, so that is something that will not be on them at all and will remain just in my name. Well, that's very noble of you, Rachel. Good for you, except for you're taking all of their money. That's not nearly the only difference navigating finances with four partners. Credit card companies um, do not make it easy for four primary account holders, um, which doesn't make a gigantic difference, but it means that it... So he's complaining that credit card companies don't make it easy for the four of them to run one credit card. There's a reason for that. Okay. I come from the credit card business. They want you on the hook for the credit that's issued. Now, legal agreements are generally written for an individual or for a couple. They don't have contingency in credit facilities or instruments for four people, 10 people or anything like that. Like even in my business, like I have a primary card and I have a secondary card uh, that I use with my brother. Uh, there's always a primary card holder and secondary. They don't have contingency for primary, secondary, tertiary, and you know, keep, keep going from there. Like who knows if they want to introduce another couple or another chick or another dude in this situation. Um, it just, it just seems bizarre, you know, like, why do you need four people in a household? You're banging each other and you're, sh and you're mixing your finances into a giant pot. Uh, two of them own the house illegally. The other two don't, but they're paying into it, which would technically give them the rights to the property if they don't, if it doesn't work out. It's, this is just a massive recipe for a huge disaster. It's just stupid. It isn't that only one person is getting full benefit of that uh, line of credit and getting full benefit of that um, credit history. So if the four of us did want to be on a mortgage in X number of years, we wouldn't all be getting the same benefit um, from carrying those lines of credit. It's part of when people talk about feeling discriminated against as... Here we go. Here comes the victim mindset. I knew it was going to come. Uh, whether it's sexual orientation, you know, in, within the LGBTQ community or in the non-monogamous community, um, that's part of what they're talking about is that our entire system is set up for two people. Yeah, I mean, our system is yeah, designed there's a reason for that. and there's really no space for other relationship designs. Oh, the bartender had something to say. What did he say? Monogamy and there's really no space for other relationship designs. That's why the two couples, Rachel and Kyle and Ashley and Yair, have decided to get divorced from one another. So they'll have more rights and benefits as a family of four. They're working with a lawyer to create a cohabitation agreement. So they took vows till death do us part in sickness and health, blah, blah, blah. And then because Rachel sucks them all into this vortex of fuckery and moves into their house, now they all are getting divorced 
so they can live as a foursome. Amen. So Kyle and I remain married and Ashley and you remain married. If something were to happen to one of them and one of us wanted to go see them in the hospital, we would have no legal right to do so. Right. In a scenario where, say, Rachel and I... Now, keep in mind, they said at the get-go that they all met each other at, at the start of the pandemic, which was two years ago. So they've barely known each other for two years. They're already living together in this other couple's house. They're all getting divorced, and they're now creating a new agreement to govern their finances and even things like who could see who if somebody got deathly ill. They haven't even talked about kids yet. Let's see if we get to that. I have a child, and nobody's legally married. If Rachel and I have a child, um, the protections afforded to Ashley and Kyle as parents of that child are difficult to get to. If we start from this place and move into these uh, domestic partnerships, it makes it much easier for uh, the non-biological parents to act as legal guardians and legal parents for those children. Beyond rights, they say this cohabitation agreement would legally define financial responsibility among all four partners. It's really important to both me and Ashley to have a biological child if we can. Um, if we can't, we have talked about carrying the person's... You notice how this conversation is... You notice how they're sitting and what the focus is. It's like Rachel is the son. She's the sister son. And then the two dudes are accessories. It's really important to me and Ashley to have kids. Well, what about the other guys? Is it not important to them to have kids? Or are they just accessories to go to work and make money to pay for this whole fuckery thing that you guys are creating right now that's going to definitely implode on itself? egg that is viable and all of us will be financially responsible for the why wouldn't you be able to have kids if you're young and healthy you know you're talking about eggs and ivf and all this sort of stuff this just just this just reeks man children and there will be language that uh explains what happens if something were to go wrong and one person leaves and no matter how biological children are created between the four of us I'm pretty sure they're going to have red hair it's in all of our families for that Never mind who the father is. It's, ah, they're probably going to have red hair because it's in all of our family. So it doesn't matter if we just blend all of our genes like this because we have nothing going for ourselves. And these rights outweigh any financial advantages. This is where we are. Married. Tax benefits for one. <laughs> Frankly, the goal is our lawyer is on the front lines of um, yeah. creating domestic partnerships with more than two people. Uh, they were the first person to pass through a domestic partnership of three people in a town in Massachusetts. Their goal is eventually having all four of us in a legal domestic partnership. In the meantime, we will have this cohabitation agreement with potentially a rearrangement for these benefits like insurance and things like that. Yeah, there's no possible chance that somebody's going to lose their shit and pull a gun or hurt somebody else's baby like we saw in prior examples. This, this is definitely going to work out really well for everybody with all four. Like, to ha like to deal with one relationship with one chick comes with enough challenges on its own, let alone two chicks and an extra guy in the equation and you're blending all your finances. This is just going to implode. The plan is for the agreement to cover a lot more too. Yeah, no more than $30 a month on video games. Uh, if that's going to be in there. That's uh, on you. <laughs> it's not going to direct our budget. You know, it isn't going to be a... You got to love the pie graph over here, right? <laughs> I want Wonder, can we see? No, you can't. You can't see it. I was, I was wondering who's all contributing to what and what they're spending money on, but you can't really see it. Day-to-day -day finance document. So much as, unfortunately, so much as more of a doomsday scenario document and um, a supportive document for things like adoptions, for things like 
uh, frankly, for things like even dog care, I forgot about that one. Like they forced us to only put one name down on a dog that the four of us got together. Like there's, yeah. there's sort of a lot of different places actually yeah. where, um, where it comes up. So we're hoping that, um, that our, that those legal agreements will help. This is all costing them more than $10,000 in legal fees. So in that way, you know, we are investing in ourselves to make sure that legally we're all set up as best as possible. Um, that's really not that much money for an agreement like this, but okay. It's important. And while they might not want to be legally married anymore to lift some of the obstacles they've been facing. How many how many shots do we need to give of this dude giving this chick money? He's giving his money to this dude's wife while they all pour it in and look at these pie graphs over here. Or these, uh, yeah, basically a pie graph. They're showing their love and commitment to one another in other ways. But Rachel planned a very like, traditional proposal situation with like a secret photographer like a weekend away. It was really, really adorable. So the rest of us in our different dyads are talking about um, uh, different symbols and ways to uh, yeah, ways to use symbols, be that jewelry, tattoos, whatever the case is, of um, solidifying those commitments with some kind of meaningful symbol. Although I wouldn't mind if he got down on one knee, you know? <laughs> oh, nope. Get down on one knee and propose to this. Oh. Pressure. No pressure. There are so many assumptions and misconceptions about what our life looks like. One of the ways to combat shame is to show people that they're not alone and that it is okay to be yourself. So I talk about my depression. I talk about being queer. I talk about- Oh, uh, oh there it is. She's a marriage therapist and she talks about her depression. Shocking. There it is. Going to- sex parties i share so that people don't feel alone and i share to destigmatize and frankly it also helps me yeah it definitely helps you that's for sure so look i mean this is not normal the normalcy of a large group of people in a relationship historically has been harem-based. Uh, look up Ishmael the Bloodthirsty. He was a sultan in Morocco, sired a thousand children, had, I don't know how many wives, I think it was just, just under 10 or something like that, but had concubines, had all of these women that he had children with. And he would retire them uh, basically to pasture when they hit the age of 30, and they were all guarded by uh, eunuchs. So we sterilized men and had them guard his women so that nobody else can touch them. Like that's historically how large groups have run. I know a few guys that have kids with multiple women and it's difficult to manage. I mean, I flat out asked him, like, how do they all get along? Oh, they fucking hate each other. It's, it's difficult. Um, you know, and they generally have them set up in separate houses. Um, and I think the only time it's ideal in scenarios like this is when you want to have a lot of kids. And because I mean, like a woman's standard reproductive cycle, if you start young, I mean, you might get, I think large families might get like 10, a dozen, 15 kids out of one woman. So if you want a whole bunch of kids and you have the means to provide for them all and the women are, you know, agreeable to it all, uh, then a harem based type of situation would be historically the way things have been done. And you could, like, a man can impregnate multiple women daily. A, the, like, a woman can only get pregnant once in a year, basically, right? She can only have basically one kid a year, whereas a guy can impregnate a ton of women in a year. Um, there's historically been no evidence that I'm aware of where women have run a harem of men. 
um, where one woman has had multiple men servicing her. Um, I'm sure there's cases where one woman has had multiple women in love with her. There's stories about that, you know, in the past where there's been fights over it, where they've been fighting over a woman, but there's no situation where a woman has run a harem of men. It's only men that have been running a harem of women. Um, uh, Craig from Abu American, uh, I've had him on my channel before. Good dude. He's got, I think, uh, two, maybe three sister wives right now, but he's also been divorced, I think a dozen times, if I recall correctly. So it's not easy to manage. And, you know, he's, you know, he's from Islam, you know, he's, you know, he's a Muslim guy, right? So these things are complex. And then like you introduce this new wave imagery stuff into the whole fucking equation. And it's like, these things don't end well. Like there's only a few examples there that I could find that have been published in the media um, with, um, outbursts. And it's almost always the guy that has an outburst, like he loses his shit. Cause it's like, now he's sharing his wife with a bunch of other guys. Um, he doesn't know if the kid's his, they have outbursts towards the, the baby or the child. They have outbursts towards each other. Um, two years might be easy to hold out publicly that everything's hunky dory and rainbows and butterflies. But like some people said in the comments, Let's see what this looks like in five to 10 years. Let's see if they're still together. Let's see how this thing, how this train wreck unfolds. Cause I think this is just the beginning of something that's unfolding essentially in slow motion. Not a good plan. I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it at all. If you have the means and you want to have a bunch of kids and you want multiple women in your life and you want to deal with that bullshit of, of dealing with multiple women, especially multiple Western women, have fun at it, man. Um, it's, it's more trouble than what it's worth in my view. Um, uh, Amber says, maybe it's me, but now it seems like a lot of late 90s sitcoms uh, onward are almost grooming emerging adults for this kind of lifestyle. Yeah, it, look, there's there's media publications and shows like this you know, clip over here that are trying to normalize it. And I've said this before, you know, society is slowly but surely being weakened and pussified. Um, they're being convinced that things that haven't been the norm should now be the norm. Um, they're being convinced, oh, you can't afford a house by yourself. Well, Rachel and what's her face and what's his face, the fucking bartender guy. Well, you move into Ashley and Yair's house and then you all get divorced and then you can now afford the mortgage and contribute to it with four incomes. And then, you know, when it comes to the kids, well, we'll figure it out when we cross that bridge, but Rachel and Ashley want to have kids. And we're not really sure who the father's going to be, but the, one of us will be the fathers, but that's okay because we all have red hair. So the kids will have red hair. So it doesn't really matter. And they try to sell this narrative to like normalize it and be like, you know, if you can't get a girl on your own, just share a girl. And if you can't get a house on your own, then just share it with another couple or two other couples or something like that. If you can't have a kid on your own and you can't afford IVF or whatever, you've got the four incomes there. So Yair will stop playing video games and we'll stop buying clothes for a month and then let's go and get this done and then we can have this uh, family. And it's like, imagine, imagine you're a kid in school now, like go back to when you're in elementary school and you're sitting in a classroom and kids are picking on you because your haircut or your shitty jeans or your shoes look too cheap or something like that. Imagine you're the kid. You don't know who your father is. Your mom's getting banged by two or three other people in the house. Um, like, you know, you could go on and on with this sort of stuff, but it's just like, Hey, you guys want to take this stuff hook, line and sinker, have fun with it. You know, let's, let's see how this social experiment unfolds over the next couple of decades, right? 
That's that's where we're going. Uh, Dung is fun, says women have had uh, hearings of men. I think you mean harems of men, but they do not know about each other. Uh, that That's different. That's just women dating multiple guys looking for the best possible candidate for them to lock down. The interesting thing is women don't generally like to share guys. I have an email, which I'm going to make a video on maybe this week or next week um, on the topic of um, that sort of stuff because this woman was complaining that her husband's cheating on her. I have some stuff to talk about with that. Derek says, what camera lens you use? Nice clarity. Uh, Sony FX3, I think it is. Uh, I can't remember what the lens is, but the whole setup is like, it's a lot of money. Don't even ask. It's a stupid amount. Um, but, you know, that's what I do. All right. So this is okay, guys. This is absolutely normal. Uh, go and let some dude bang your wife and uh, share your finances and your bills with a bunch of other people. Uh, don't worry about who the father is. Uh, just go and have kids with people that have similar hair colors and everything will be fine. That's There's your lesson for today. There's your lesson for today. Polyamory, a foursome. There's your story. We'll see how it, how it unfolds. Maybe they'll do another story in you know three to five years or something like that. We'll see how they're all making out and what, what's happening with who's left in the house or not. Um, all right. I'm going to grab the link and drop it for you guys to do some uh, Q&A. Uh, invite link copy. And I'm going to only drop that on the Unplugged Alpha podcast channel. Uh, so come in and ask <laughs> a question. Question about tonight's topic, if you want. I think this will be hilarious. Uh, so there's a StreamYard link. It's open Q&A. Open everybody, young, old, man, woman. Bring it. Uh, I'll pin that to the top. I'm also going to cancel the feed to the Entrepreneurs and Cars channel. I already gave you guys a link. It's in the description. So come over here. And we'll remove that from the cast as well. Save changes. Uh, what are my thoughts on Pierre winning? Look, anything's better than Justin Trudeau. The thing I don't like about Pierre Polivier, uh, for those of you that are outside of Canada, he was just elected the uh, conservative uh, leadership and is slated on a balance of probabilities to probably be the next prime minister, is this guy still did everything the liberals were cramming down everybody's throat with the mandate, vaccination. There's lots of videos out there with him supporting all that shit. Now he's flip-flopped and been like, you should have the right of autonomy and all that. Well, he wasn't saying that back in the day when they were trying to lock everybody down in their freaking basements. Uh, real quick, I'm going to run this ad reel. Uh, so just pay attention to this for two minutes and we'll come back and do some Q&A. This episode is brought to you by the Unplugged Alpha Supplements and Grondike Soap Company. Brothers, if you're like me and you take what you put in your body seriously, you'll want to use the Unplugged Alpha Supplements. An obsession with absorption is what sets this line apart from the others. You want to make sure that you absorb as much of the supplements as possible so you don't end up peeing out expensive urine. My supplement line is made in the United States from the highest quality domestic ingredients. And unlike cheaper supplements from China and plastic bottles, mine ship in dark glass bottles to keep your supplements fresher, longer, and won't seep endocrine disrupting plastics into your supplements. Nothing is a hard tablet. Everything is in an easily digestible bioavailable capsule. You can filter all products by various categories, including testosterone support, estrogen metabolism, fat burning, immune health, sleep support, and performance. Visit theunpluggedalpha.com forward slash shop and use the subscribe and save option to get 10% off your supplement orders or use coupon code alpha10 for 10% off a one-time order to try it out. Then I use tactical soap and God of War beard oil every day. 
Tactical soap is a handmade product made in the United States from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not conventional endocrine lowering toiletry chemicals. Both the soap and the beard oils are infused with bioidentical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness to the opposite sex. Go visit coopersoap.com and get 10% off your order today. Guys, check out my website at richcooper.ca for more information on booking me for coaching, my community, my courses, and a whole bunch more. You can also find all the useful links pinned below in the top YouTube comment of all my videos. Now let's get on with the show. All right. So are we going to have anybody come in and argue for polyamory tonight, as Ernesto says? Please, let's argue in favor for it. Let's see what you got. I want to see if there's a, <laughs> a story or something that we can work with here that's positive. Uh, let's grab Chris here and see what he's got for us. What's up, Chris? Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks uh, for including me in this podcast. I've got nothing about polyamory. I just want to thank you for uh, improving my relationship with my dad. Uh, really quick, I'm 5'9", 210 pounds, live in San Diego. And um, just want to thank you. You've improved my life because you told men to get better jobs, more income, things like that. So I went up like 25 grand this year in my job. And uh, in the next three to five years can make 120, 130. So I'm looking pretty good, I'd say. Not married, no kids, nothing like that. Own my own house. Uh, doing good stuff, I think. But um, kind of, I come from a Greek household. I don't know, I, you speak Greek a little bit? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, so I've got his stuff. I've got his stuff. But my dad's a Greek Orthodox priest. And I've got a very conservative, traditional religious household. Mm -hmm. Both my parents are PhDs. They're highly educated. But um, growing up, rebellious teenage years, semi, not hugely, but um, hearing my dad speak, his thought process about it was like my way or the highway, very strict, rigid type of life. Mm -hmm. and, um, just want to say that at 31, I understand his mentality and I'm starting to agree with them more between my, my parents, my dad, my both that have been married for 45, 50 years. And um, I, I, I take his sign now when, when my mom says, no, don't tell him to do this, you know, do it this way. And he gets mad at her. He's like, it's, you tell him white when I tell him black, things like that. So I, I take in his sign now and I think it's helped my relationship with him. So what did you do differently that improved your relationship with him? Just reading your book. Uh, I read a couple times. Because I didn't do anything, you know, to improve men's relationships with their father. So I'm curious how that. It it's just the the male mentality that my dad has. He comes from a village in Cyprus, so mm -hmm. that's kind of the thought process. Is I just never really understood it. I thought he was just level-headed, kind of stubborn. But I think it's a, a traditional masculine frame. Is his mom was mm -hmm. a, a homemaker. His dad was a cop. It's it's the traditional, you know, relationship of, of that time frame, and and now I understand that. that's kind of what I'm saying. And my, and my mom's a lawyer too, so she's a she's been a lawyer. She's got that kind of frame where she um, will not disagree with him, but but do that kind of stuff. And I'm like, mom, stop doing that. Let him tell me what to do. And and I think and she's in agreement with that. So that's what I'm kind of you saying. know what if if you've got an old school family, you've got you know, from the old country, yeah. you know, uh, 
if I can offer one piece of advice, just just listen to your fucking parents. You know, <laughs> I know that it's hard, and you think you know everything, and you know your ways the better way, sort of thing. That you know the progressiveness of it all, but like people that are older than you know what they're what they're talking about. Like they've been through more shit. You know what I'm saying? I don't think there's a question here. I think it's just like you oh, know no, more of a no. share. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I and I love my parents. I'm an only child. I'm. Uh, I got an apartment. I got a condo, and I'm I'm doing well in life at my age. Again, got a double chin. You can probably see that. I've got work to do on myself, but watching your videos, watching Rolo's videos, it's helping out. It's helping out. Mm. And that that's it. I just want to thank. All you. right. Cool. All right. Thanks that for popping it. in, Chris. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you. We'll see you, buddy. All right, uh, let's see what we got here. Guys, if you want to hop in and ask a question, the link to join is at the top of the uh, live chat on the Unplugged Alpha. Uh, if you're on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, is wherever, head over there. I dropped the link already. Uh, we got a rainbow butterfly. Are you in a poly relationship, rainbow butterfly? You're muted. You're going to have to unmute yourself. Are you going to unmute yourself? <laughs> Guys, the point of this is to call in and ask a question. <laughs> oh, boy. Maybe I have to explain that every time. Uh, all right, let's grab Victor the Time Wolf here, see what he's got. All right, Victor, go for it. You're going to have to unmute yourself, man. Victor. Okay, two for two. This isn't good tonight, guys. I'm just going to boot you. I'm going to kick you. If you don't know how to talk, you know, I'm just going to boot you. That's it. Um, all right. Again, guys, the link to join is in the live chat. Do you have a story about sharing your wife and your finances with your wife's boyfriend and it working out? I'd like to hear somebody call in on this one and offer some feedback. Or have you ever been in a polyamorous relationship where you've shared your wife or girlfriend with other people? Right? Like, you know, this is, this is an interesting concept. Right. This is this is a new concept. Um, one of the things that um, I've I've mentioned several times now, actually, and I even cited in my book. Um, I think Chris Ryan's book uh, "Sex at Dawn" is an interesting resource. But where I have changed my opinion is where he talks so openly about polyamory being like the solution often to some of the difficulties that happen today in relationships. And I don't think that's true. I think that you can have multiple partners in a relationship, but the only time I've seen it work out is when the person has, it's like the head of the household is the dude. And there's several women that are like incorporated into that equation and he's having children with them. That's the only time that it would make sense. I don't see a purpose in, I don't know, being with three women in your household. To me, that sounds like a nightmare, right? Like, what's the benefit to inviting three women into your household and overly complicating your lifestyle uh, dealing with all that? I mean, one woman's enough. Why would you want to deal with two or three or four or anything like that? You know what I'm saying? Um, we got Alton here who's waiting to hop in. Alton, are you in a polyamorous relationship or have any experience with one? No, I did. I am not. No. All right. What's your question tonight? Hey, uh, I was just curious. Um, currently, I'm working at Just Over Broke and um, I have a side hustle doing physical products, which I know you hate. Um, so my question is, how do I move out of both of those areas? 
um, because I still haven't figured out like what I'm passionate about and want to chase after. So that was really just my question. So you don't like selling your physical product? Is that what you're saying? Uh, currently the physical product that I'm in. So basically the structure and the way that I did it before was a bad idea. Basically Mm -hmm. I worked for a company that, uh, did a whole bunch of resale. And this was basically one of their offlines that was like, um, it wasn't profitable for us to push it through on a like scale. So like, we'll sell it off to you as a vendor for whatever a dollar a piece. And they make like maybe $3 a piece. So it was just really like a crapshoot to get into. And that like, I enjoy selling other things, but it's not like, I mean, it's still, it's work. So it's not like, generally speaking, it's, it's very difficult to pivot from a a physical product. That's hard, annoying, lame and frustrating into something that's easy, fun and lucrative. Right. You kind of have to like, it's not really a pivot. It's either going to be a shutdown and maneuver. There's, there's certain things that you can infuse into a business to make it easier to run more fun and more profitable. Okay. Um, did you get my course, the school Uh, of entrepreneurship when I opened it? So the last two times I've actually been having some eye issues. So the last two times I've been just too overbooked with medical bills. So I haven't been able to get into it, but this, when you open up for the next time, I will definitely be in there. Yeah. It'll be open in four months. I mean, there's really a lot to discuss there because I need to know about your business, you know, what you move, where you live, you know, we need to talk about possible solutions that you can bring into it that might make it easier to run. It might just be like a full shutdown sort of scenario, but um, at least being aware of it, not really serving you as a start. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, as as after I've been reading your book and, you know, I've been watching your content probably for about a year now. So after both doing both those things, I'm just like, yeah, I'm not in it. This is not enough business for sure. So, yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, this is a shutdown then. So, I mean, I'm not saying shut it down and stop making money, but I mean, the way you're talking about it, I can tell it's probably something that's not pivotable. But grab the course when it opens again in a few months time. It'll be open in about four months time, probably by December, the end of the year or something like that. I gotcha. And then. Um, yeah, get the book guys. Come on. Like, thank you. Do the work. (laughs) And when you get the book guys, make sure you leave a nice review on Amazon. The unplugged alpha is available there. Uh, print audible and Kindle. Thanks Alton. Appreciate it. Yeah, not a problem. All right. Um, yeah, Ernesto's in the course, uh, the entrepreneur's course would serve you well. Um, I'll put the banner up. I don't always remember to do this. So I'll put the ticker down below here. Uh, if you get on my email list, you'll be notified when the course becomes available for enrollment. Um, so just get on my email list, guys. I don't spam it. The only time, um, you know, you'll get anything is there's something worthwhile that I need to send you. Or um, if I have a course launch and, um, you know, there's a deadline to get in before it closes. So uh, who else we got over here? Uh, Brand Brando. Dude, you, dude, you're familiar. You're familiar. I've yeah. talked to you before, man. It's been a while. How you been? Doing good, doing good. Uh, buying real estate. I'm on my third property right now, renovating. Good, good for you. Uh, my question is a bit of a pace changer. So uh, on a macro scale, uh, where do you see the U.S., you know, Western side moving towards? And how do you think, uh, well, just macro scale, where, where do you think it's heading towards? Because I've been really playing around with leaving the U.S. Um. I have higher hopes for the U.S., but not as high as you know people think. Um, I think it's a few years behind Canada. Um, most of the United States, like I just look at patterns, like I just look at facts. You know, like I always tell people, I just hold up a mirror and I just show you shit that's you know reflecting back, and it's like 
the obvious patterns to me seem to be that the vast majority of North American culture and countries like the United States and, and Canada, there's more wokeism, there's more liberalism, there's more rainbows, there's going to be more pronouns. Um, you've got like these bastions of hope, like you see people get very excited about guys like Ron, Ron DeSantis and, you mm -hmm. know, a handful of others and some states that are like these like islands of uh, salvation. But the vast majority of guys that I know that are entrepreneurs um, that have location independent businesses have basically set themselves up so they're not in North America. They're either in Barbados or uh, mm -hmm. St. Kitts and Nevis. Like they find a, a country with a low tax rate that they like that has a nice climate, um, you know, like it suits their needs. And then they set themselves up in their business so that that becomes their home. They don't necessarily completely like abandon the United States or Canada, but mm -hmm. they no longer are residents of it. And they move their ass and the vast majority of their assets out of that country into another country that's more favorable that treats them better. So long-term, my advice to guys is to consider that like we're humans of the earth. Now you're no longer like, this isn't 200 years ago where people would rarely like leave their town and they would like marry the girl that sat beside them in school and have like 16 kids and plow the fields and all that kind of shit and milk the cows. Those days are long gone. Um, and taxations through the roof, like cramming nonsense down our throats like they did over the last two years lying to us. Like, you know, there was, um, you know, there was a time where, we thought the bad guy, you know, like lived in a cave somewhere in Afghanistan and we had to smoke him out of his caves, you know, sort of thing. Uh, you, you know, if that's what you still think today, then you haven't been paying attention to what they've done to us over the last two years. Right. So it's like, look, stick around if you want, but at least, you know, stick around knowing that you're marching and marching through a slaughterhouse with sharp shit everywhere. I'm, I'm pretty uninformed on this particular question. So if, that, if that's like the game plan, you set yourself up in a way where you can be mobile. Uh, is, is it fairly easy to like just leave? Like if you have money, everything's easy. So okay, you can okay. leave yeah. with, you know, a pot, like not even having a pot, a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. Like you can leave. Like there's a lot of lots of people that leave the West and like, fuck it, I'm going to go to Thailand. I'm going to go to whatever in the Caribbean, I'm going to go to Columbia. There's lots of guys that do that. Right. And then you have to kind of like go through the hoops and figure it all out, or you can make a shitload of money and money solves a lot of problems. Right. I mean, if you want to go live somewhere where the tax rates lower and you just want a passport, you can buy a passport. Like they sell them to you if you have enough money. Right. If you have a family, you can bring your family into that passport too. Right. So money solves a lot of problems, but just be aware of what's going on. Look at the voting patterns. Look at what people are doing. Look at how, the media, you know, responds to public issues um, and the like. And look, man, I mean, I mean, just look at what's happened over the last two to four years and ask yourself if you see things getting better. And I just personally don't. And it's not me being like a pessimist. It's just like I just look at shit and it's like, OK, this is what's going on. So enjoy the decline and find a way to prosper from it. Awesome. Thanks for your answer. All right, buddy. We'll see you there. Um, Wayne says he's going deeper into the woods. That's one possible solution. I mean, yeah, you could get a cabin in the woods and kind of like live there and maybe hunt your own food and have a little veg patch or something like that. It's entirely possible. Um, you know, there was, um, there was a story that I saw. Uh, I think it was with the Amish or something like that. Um, there's a YouTube channel that I've watched a little bit of. I like this guy. His name's Peter Santagato or something like that. Um, 
and he and he kind of goes into these cultures like you know he'll go to compton and he'll and he'll do like two or three videos hanging out with people from compton he'll go to like uh traditional islamic community and and spend two to three days there then he'll go out with like a motorcycle gang with like sikhs and then he'll go to amish country and i watched his full series when he went to amish country and they just want to be left alone they just want to like you know these like pennsylvania dutch they just want to be left alone uh do their own thing uh, you know be with their people not be forced to do things they don't want to do and there's been examples and i've seen you know media examples where the government has tried to force these people to comply with, I, I can't remember what it was. It was vaccination or something like that, but comply with rules and regulations that are outside of their culture and outside of their religious beliefs and values. Um, so yeah, you might be able to find a place in the woods where they can't find you. And I'm sure places like that exist, but you're still in the same country that is basically trying to run itself from the ground. It just keeps shooting itself in the, the foot. I mean, like, I wish it would get better. You know what I'm saying? Um, guys, the link to call in is pinned at the top uh, of the Unplugged Apple podcast. Just come in and ask a question. Anything's on the table. Whatever you want to talk about. Open to young, old, men, women. We've got anybody that's going to call in tonight and tell us about their successful poly relationship where they let their uh, wife's boyfriend run their finances and everything's working out. Tickety-boo. Uh, I'm waiting for that call in. I want to, <laughs> I want to get that guy or gal on the air and hear, uh, you know, what the dealio is. Uh, yeah, that's, that's Brando. Uh, that was the guy that was calling in about threesomes with his girlfriend, but clearly he's changed his priorities and he's putting, making bank up there. Acquired three properties is pretty slick, right? Um, am I missing anything else in the chat? Uh, people say this, Patrice Yeah. Some of the stuff I can't read on the screen because it's just too, you know, whatever. But <laughs> at the point, uh, this guy Sean did the Pierre Polyvier thing twice. What are you, what are you trying to get at, man? You really like him? If whatever, man. You know, he's better than Trudeau. This 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 pen is better than Justin Trudeau. You know, if I'm being honest, is what it is. Crazy lives we live in today. Uh, we've got Glenn here and a few other people coming in. So come on in, guys. Hop in. Let's look. Let's hear your story. I want to hear about your poly foursome where you share your wife and your finances with your wife's boyfriend. Glenn, what's up, buddy? Oh, I just want to tell you about my poly lifestyle. That's so awesome. Yeah, can you like, tell me about how you share your finances with your wife's boyfriend? Yeah, like he takes all my money <laughs> and he takes my girl and like he bangs her all the time and like I just get to sit and watch. It's really right. cool just watching. So Glenn's an old friend of the channel. So I just want to, you know, make that clear that this is just bullshit. We're just shooting the shit. So did you have a question tonight or anything? No, you wanted bro. To I just wanted to stop by and say what's up, man. Okay. All right, buddy. Thanks. All right. Have a good one. Hey, buddy. Uh, we got Johnny in the house here. He's got something for us. Johnny, you're going to tell hey. me about your wife's boyfriend managing your finances tonight and how well. No, I'm up? not. No, okay. it's, uh, I'm actually single. I'm, uh, I've been watching for a while. Live in New York city. Uh, fairly successful artist, make like a hundred grand a year and have mm -hmm. four girlfriends. Um, and I'm just very tired of it. Mm -hmm. You're tired uh, of the four girlfriends? Dude, totally. I'm so fucking over it. I just want to, I want to make more money. I want to, like, I don't know. I guess my advice to guys that can get four and retain them for over six months is like, you did it. Um, it's do, do something else now. 
Mike, do something else. You did it. Like, congratulations. Nobody cares except for your ego. Um, so just focus on your shit, dude. That's all I got to say. Some good advice. Thanks, Johnny. Um, you know, to that point, a lot of people like to brag about women and their notch counts and the amount of girls and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I'm just going to say it. Women are a big time waste. You know, like, what do you need four of them for? Like, you barely can deal with one. It's like, you know, one's going to be a handful, two's going to be more, three, four. Like, how many of them do you need in a long-term relationship? It's just, I don't know. I mean, some people like to accumulate things and maybe they've got more money than what they need. And it's just like the new thing that they're trying to, you know, fill their days with sort of thing. But it's like, you're never, you're never really going to get to where you want to go if you have ambitions, if you're spending time with way too many checks. It's just not a productive use of your time. You want to make more money, spend more time chasing excellence, making bank, focus on that. Um, it's just priorities, man. Is anybody going to call in and tell me about their impressive poly lifestyle where their wife's boyfriend is so awesome at managing their finances? They've acquired so much wealth in real estate and put massive dents in the universe. I'm waiting for that, for that call in. I'm waiting for that call in. When is that going to happen tonight? Got a little more time here. Guys, the link to call in is in the uh, pin in the top chat of the YouTube channel. So make sure you get your ass in here uh, before the uh, 90 minutes is up. Uh, notch counts is for high school. Yeah. Um, I've said this before. There's two kinds of people you can't trust. Guys that can't get laid and guys that are obsessed with getting laid all the time. You can't because both of them will throw you under the bus in any given opportunity. That's just what they do. Okay. Let's see what else we got going in the chat. You guys are quiet tonight, man. You got all these opportunities to call in. It's always the guys after the fact. Don't, don't, don't. You're wrong. I have a successful poly relationship and it works out really well. Blah, 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 blah. Come on, guys. Let's hear all about your successful poly relationship where your wife's boyfriend manages everything so impressively. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Tonight. Um, just going through the chat over here. Smash the weekend. My red meat wants Butterfly to call in again. I don't know what Butterfly was all about. Butterfly said nothing. Actually, Butterfly had a chat here. Rainbow Butterfly. What do you think of this topic if they don't have children? That's all uh, he or she said. I'm, I'm assuming it was a she. Um, but yeah, there was... I mean, what difference does it make? We saw the example of the polyforsome where they didn't have kids. Imagine throwing kids in the equation. That's just going to complexity stack issues on that uh victor time wolf okay you're back do you have audio now yeah i do sorry there I got we go called. as soon as you pulled me in i got a call and it's so weird um regarding the topic i don't have anything but uh except if you we count the right wait you don't have like your wife's boyfriend doesn't have a solution to all this with finances I, and all i'm this? a single and i'm happy about it unless okay. we're counting left and right hand <laughs> all right so, um, what, so what do you got for me tonight you got a, a question here yeah, uh, I read your book back in uh, May, April, and after that, I 
put it down, breathe out, took a pen and paper and wrote down the red flags of my previous relationship. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that all of this, like seven out of like 10, let's say, uh, red flags have with my mother. Uh, so the question is, uh, does man actually like chooses a woman on the red flags as well? Like That's a good question. Knowing... So there's been some speculation. Um, I can't cite the exact source because I went through this a long time ago, but there's been some speculation that a lot of the times guys will select women. They'll invite women in their lives in relationships or marriages that are very similar to their mother, right? And one of the things that was also speculated, um, and again, this is, I don't know how accurate this is, but there's discussion along the lines of um, whenever there was conflict in your household growing up between your parents, you would essentially try to resolve that in your own adult life, right? Like, let's say your dad, I don't know, let's just make something up. Like your dad was sloppy and incompetent and your mom was a, a, a fucking relentless bitch, you know, sort of thing. It's like you try to be better than your dad was, more competent, more useful. And then you try to deal with a woman that is um, too bitchy and you try to like, you know, take her down to a place where she's happy. You know, it's like the Captain save a sort of thing. Or you're trying to spend your life making an unhappy person happy sort of thing. Like apparently this is fairly common. Um, I don't know, you know, what the stats are. There's going to be somebody in the comment that's going to be like, yep, just Google this study sort of thing. And, you know, maybe they'll drop it there for us later on. But I think there's... I think you're on to something with that and you got to be aware of it. Um, I was talking to people about the red flag chapter earlier today in a private zoom call that I had because um, I was doing my uh, zoom Q and a with the business guys in the school of entrepreneurship. And one of the things that came up was um, identifying what not to do. And I think in life with women, with business and a lot of these things, if you get really, really clear on what you don't want to involve in your life, like if you don't want a hard business, then try to stay away from moving physical products, right? Try to stay away from businesses that are going to be location dependent to a certain geographic region where you need like a brick and mortar with a neon sign that flashes and turns on when you open up the door, those sorts of things. Same sort of things with women, right? Like if you know that there's patterns of, of women that are difficult, that are going to add complexity to your life, then don't get into long-term relationships with them. Don't knock them up. Don't put babies in them. Don't marry them. Date them if you want. Maybe friends with benefits, but that's it. You know, figure them out and then move on to the next one, right? Like as soon as you identify that she's got a bunch of red flags and, um, you know, she's good friends with Mao and she was in the last uh, parade with, you know, the red flag bearer sort of thing, just move on from it. Yeah. My thinking was it's con uh, comfortability. Like you find a woman what you're comfortable with as your mother. And basically that's the reason why you like kind of with her, but like, well, it, my, my look, I mean, if you're used to a certain type of woman at the head of the household, um, that you had some, I mean, you obviously had a lot of exposure to, you know, as a kid, then you're probably less likely to see the red flag, right? Like one of the red flags, number three is avoid the unhappy and unlucky. Let's say you grew up in a household where your mom was always complaining, we don't have this, and why does Becky have that, and you're you're cheap, and da 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 da, sort of like just constant complaining for twenty years of your life. If you meet a woman that's unhappy and un unlucky, chances are because you're used to it, maybe you didn't see it, that you just think, well, that's normal. You know, a woman should be unhappy and un unlucky, and she should always complain about shit, and I should be there to listen to it and be the shoulder crying. So, uh, you know, I can see those dots certainly connecting, but. 
I'm not going to analyze that. I'm just going to say, look, just avoid women that are unhappy and unlucky. Simple as that. Okay. In your cool. practice, I mean, when he was doing it with interviews with other guys, you didn't know this is the same thing like happening? Um, I never really, you'll never see me say anything like, so what was your relationship like, you know, with your mother, mother or anything like that? I'm not a therapist. I'm not qualified to deal with that shit. And to be honest with you, I don't really fucking care to be like, mm. I find a lot of therapists aren't that useful you know, to be perfectly honest, and they probably don't do that much good. And they have this sort of subscription model where they want you to keep coming back to go through session and session and session. That's how they make their money. So, you know, my philosophy is simply identify the problem and stay away from it. You know, if she's a rabid feminist, don't marry her. If she's, uh, you know, shitty with money and has lots of debt, that's not your problem. She's violent. She throws shit at people, you know, knives, glass jars. Fuck that. I don't want anything to do with that, right? I don't really care what her relationship is with her mother or why she behaves that way. I just know that it's a problem and I don't want her problem in my life. Don't make your problems my problems, right? That's why I don't go to the to the whole, well, tell me about your childhood and what your relationship was with your mother and father. I don't do that shit because I think that's a waste of time. Okay. Thanks. Sense. Cool. Yeah, cool. Thank you very much. All right, Vic. See you, buddy. Uh, we got a Jay Rizzo in the house let's see what jay rizzo's got for us with the cat meme what's up buddy hey how you doing rich good man hey long time watcher uh very recently subscribed cool all right what do you got for me tonight brother no i just wanted to to chime in and say that um i was recently seeing a woman who they i guess they actually tried the polygamy thing mm. you know she was married husband and they brought in a, a third basically okay and they tried it for about two years and of course it didn't work out mm -hmm. she ended up and she left him because of uh everything going on so and we're in midwest small town and i really don't think that i mean you haven't got really any calls so polygamy it's really not working in the west so that's, I, I just kind of want to call in, chime in, give my two cents. Yeah. The, so. Yeah. Like I've said, the only time that I've seen multiple people in a relationship working out is where the man is a leader, the women follow and he's doing it and they're doing it because he's got an immense amount of resources and power and influence and they're happy to share him. You know, they always say that a woman's, uh, happy to share, would, would prefer to share a, uh, resourceful alpha than to be, um, saddled with a faithful loser, you know, sort of thing. Um, there's also another reason why, you know, I, I say women wait at the finish line and they pick the winner, right? Like <laughs> women don't generally want to like have three losers to, to fill the place of one winner sort of thing, but multiple women will share one winner, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. And that, and that, that's a very great, great, sorry, great quote. Um, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, they definitely wait at the finish line. Um, the, the guy that she was with, I don't think he was a uh, very alpha. I didn't know him, didn't know him personally. I knew her personally, but, uh, yeah, I think she was just, a uh, with not a high value guy who was trying to pull that off. So just wanted yeah, that... to chime in and say it, it's, it's not going to yeah. work with somebody like that. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Um, yeah, thanks for sharing that story, brother. Appreciate it. No problem, Rich. Thanks. So, uh, you know, to that point a little bit further, it's like, you know, 
that kind of raises the, the question, like, is that a red flag if you're dealing with a woman and, and she was in a poly uh, relationship prior to you meeting her? And it's like, look, we've seen the quality of these women in the videos and the news articles from the photography and, and, and from the videos. And like, generally speaking, I mean, any woman can get a guy like we see fours easily attract guys all the time, right? Um, guys are that thirsty, <clears throat> but if their SMV changes, something improves for them. Um, they move to a new geographic region, you know, the, like the sexual marketplace Im improves, like their odds improve. Basically it, if she's got the option to level up and, uh, take a a promotion and trade in two nerds for one, um, you know, alpha male, for example, um, it's entirely possible. Like, I don't see this strategy, you know, this dating or this mating strategy as something that has long-term legs because you can't get away from the fact that men are success objects and women are beauty objects. Men are happy to have more than one beauty object in his life. But women need to, because they're hypergamous, right? Like they, they want to know they've got the best they can possibly get. It's as simple as that. Did, like she wants to wake up in the morning and it doesn't matter if she's looking over at Ty and Daniel in the bed or if she's just looking at a legend like Rich. <laughs> but if, if she looks over and she sees this as this is the best that I can do, she's going to be happy with you. Um, again, I mean, what is she doing with two guys? right? They're never alpha males. I, I've never seen any of these articles or videos where the dude looks like a Chad. Um, with the like slight exception to Tattoo Boy, uh, what was his name in that video? The guy in the far right, the bald guy with the beard with the hunter eyes. But clearly, you know, he didn't have his head screwed on right. And he's, you know, he's falling for all the bullshit. Anyway, uh, I'm going to grab Dominic over here. What do you got for me, buddy? Hey, Rich. Yeah, I uh, got a new uh, job opportunity coming up and just want to know if you got any interview tips for me. Just conducting yourself, coming into a new job opportunity. Yeah. Just um, make sure, like, one of the things that they'll do is they'll scrub your social. So make sure you don't have anything uh, out there publicly that could be detrimental to you being hired. Okay. Um, and uh, th th that's something not a lot of people think about, right? Yeah. Like, like, like if you've got Twitter posts or like Instagram, you know, things that might be overly controversial. I mean, mm -hmm. if you want the job, then I would recommend, you know, sort of like neutralizing that. That's one thing that I would never personally do because I don't, I don't need to do that, but there's still like the need there to get that job and get hired. So it's the same thing with anything else, right? It's like, you know, when you're dealing with women and you're dating women, she's going to pick the best that she can get. So are you the best that the company can get? Right. Do right. you, do you portray the image, you know, do you, you know, you give them what they uh, want and need. Yeah. Um, do you fit in? Like it's been said that they hire people for the resume and they fire them for fit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, make sure the office culture is something long-term that you want to be a part of as well too, right? Like ask them questions about that. So tell me a little bit about your office culture. What's it like over here? Like, you know, what do you guys uh, do when you're, um, you know, not dealing with the women's technical, you know, Excel spreadsheets or whatever it happens to be for your, you know, for the job that you're interviewing for, if that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Definitely seems like a good opportunity to be, it's definitely going to be a big step up for me. Hopefully cool. I get it. So, uh, yeah, appreciate any Good luck, man. Thanks. Good luck. All right, buddy. Um, yeah. Yeah. So is it a red flag? Is it a red flag? I guess it, let me just analyze this from this position. 
I mean, I'd be asking questions if I met a chick that um, was in a poly relationship with three or four guys. Like, who are these nerds that would that would share a woman? That's certainly a question that I'd be asking. I mean, if she tried to impose that belief on me, I'd be like, get fucked. <clears throat> Men are territorial. I mean, you're never gonna get a you're never gonna get around the fact there's there's two real real problems. There's one, there's paternity, right? Men don't know with 100% certainty that the kid's theirs. Women know with 100% certainty that the kid's theirs if they get pregnant. Men don't know, right? That's why men get jealous. They don't get jealous because they're like insecure. They're too controlling. Like you hear, you know, with the narratives today with the toxic feminist, oh, you're just insecure. You're too controlling. No, that's not what it is. Men get jealous because they don't have assurance of paternity. They, they want to know that if they're going to invest in a chick and have kids with her, that those kids are hers. That's why, that's why men generally desire women with low notch counts or ideally virginity, because you know, for sure, you know, with certainty that the kid's going to be yours. Um, beyond that. Yeah. I mean, men are territorial, uh, you know, there's big arguments today. Oh, women aren't property. You can't say, you can't do that. And this and that, the other thing, and women aren't property and blah, 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 blah sort of thing. It's like, no, they're not property. Okay. But, um, men are territorial with things that they have, uh, committed to or invested in, you know, sort of thing. Like my fucking McLaren's my McLaren. Okay. Um, you can't just walk up to it and sit in it. Right. Like if you see these videos sometimes online with like random guys that just like, you know, they're sitting on the hood of some exotic car and they're taking pictures and the owner sees and they knock the shit out of them. It's basically the same thing. If, you know, they see a guy that's like doing something to their girl. That's why when you see these hidden camera videos uh, or s security cam videos of the chick cheating on her husband with some random dude, he does the exact same thing to the random dude. He beats the living shit out of him, right? Um, so like, you, you're just not going to get away from the fact that men are, are territorial. You can try to this whole poly thing. You can share your finances and put them in a pool and buy a house together and share a dog and Y'all have red hair, so who cares, you know, who's, who's, who's kids who it, it never unfolds that way, man. Like you can't, you can't get away from your biological imperatives. It's just, it's just the way things are, dude. Brent says me and my girlfriend are looking for another guy to share finances with. Are you in? No, man. Um, I'm, I'm good. So I'll pass, but have fun with that, brother. Uh, Leo, what do you got for me, man? Hey, Richard. How are you doing, man? I'm good. Let's shake yeah. Uh, I'm so I'm from Brazil, but the thing is, I don't know any of these couples that do well, <laughs> but I'll like poly couples. Like, do you see that in Brazil a lot? No, I've never seen no any anywhere mm. like, but I like to run about something like, uh, I haven't, I have seen you talking about like the power of music when guys are trying to like, let's say approach girls or mm -hmm. develop themselves. I've, mm -hmm. I haven't seen an episode where you talk about that, uh, like you do a deep talk regarding that. And uh, can, may I share my experience with that? Yeah. So you're talking about using music to what? Get yourself psyched up when you go out? Uh, yeah. Like when I was a teenager, I didn't get any girls. Like uh, I had one eyes for a girl. She didn't mm -hmm. like me. And mm -hmm. she, she was with the guy who I thought was my best friend, you know, that traditional stuff mm -hmm. but uh, then I, I went into a rolling stones cover band they took me as their lead singer mm -hmm. i'm their mick jagger and dude that does wonders you know it <laughs> it, it does 
It does, you know, like. Did you ever see time, Eddie Murphy's stand-up comedies? Yeah, I did see in the, did the you, album. Did you see the bit where he's like, all you got to do is sing, man? Yeah, like Mick Jagger has the big mouth and he does get all the girls, you know? That's it. And it works, man. And I'll say it's very, I didn't do it it's for the girls when I started, like, mm -hmm. but it was my hobby and the thing I was passionate about. But the first time I went to play with my band outside my city, dude, six girls were around me after the gig. And I like, my God, what is this? You know, mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting that. And so, so that's one of the pillars of attraction, right? Is, is being influential. So if you can stand up on a stage and entertain a large group of people, right. And you do the moves like Mick Jagger, like moves like Jagger, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. Women are automatically going to come to you like flies to shit. Right. You don't even have to have a lot of money as a, a band or as an artist, but if you can command a large audience in front of other people, then it's like she looks over and she sees her scream and she looks over and she sees her screaming at you. And then she starts falling into like humans are sheep, right? So when they see the other people getting excited and, you know, excitable and, and like jumping all over the music and jumping all over you after the show, ah, it's like, like, yeah, of course. I mean, you're going to be spoiled for choice. You'd be like, I'll take you and I'll take you and come on back over here. Let's go. Right. And, you know, you can do whatever you want, you know, at that point. So that's, um, yeah. So that just exemplifies, you know, the point of, of being captivating and having status and having influence. Right. Yeah. It's very good for your, your own mind. You know, when you're by yourself, um, like I have my guitar here on the wall and whenever I'm thinking about something that I'm not feeling fine, I just go and grab my guitar or even guys, if they want to pick a simple uh, harmonic and C, that does wonders too, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, it, it works, man, and it feels great. And I can, I can like, recommend more than that. It, it, it really works, you know? Mm -hmm. And just by yourself, not for girls, you know? Mm -hmm. But it does that too, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, awesome, man. Have fun with it. Yeah, thanks, man. See you. All right, buddy. Um, let me go back up over here. Users, Dan, OneDrive, desktop, archive, renovation, man. Okay, that's a link. Uh, got a chick here saying, you guys are all for having a wife and some playthings on the side. Why do you find it so offensive when the roles are switched besides the fact that polyamory is a sin and generally? So I'm going to explain that in a video soon because I got a, a woman that sent me an email and uh, she's married and pregnant and her husband's cheating on her or has cheated on her. Um, men and women are different, you know, like this is the big problem that women have today. And ma'am, you're welcome to call in. The link is over here on, uh, the unplugged alpha here. I'll, I'll, I'll drop it again for you Invite, copy, and I'll drop it in the live chat for all. If you want to chop this up, I'm happy to invite you in and have a conversation. But the thing you got to understand is men and women are different. We have different biological imperatives. Men are attractive to women for different reasons why women are attractive to men. So when you pull the what's good for the goose is good for the gander, you fail to recognize that that's a lie. You're, you're drinking the Kool-Aid that toxic feminism has sold society and more specifically women, telling them, well, if men can do it, then you too can do it as well, women. And that's why we have promiscuous women today, which we didn't have in the past or have a lot of in the past. I mean, it existed in brothels and stuff like that. Or it was suppressed because of slut shaming, but today it's out in the open. Um, so can it be done? You can do whatever the hell you want today. The problem is though, 
is it's not the same as when men do it. Because when men do it, men, men can go and have uh, three different women in two days, okay? And they're totally fine. Women are not capable of doing that. Usually when women go outside of the marriage or the relationship, it's because they've checked out and they've got one foot out the door and they're making their maneuver. Um, there's a study online. It's called a mate switching study. You can look it up. I can't remember who the, um, who the folks were that conducted the information, but just search for mate switching study and you'll learn the differences between why men go outside of relationships and why women go outside of relationships. And they're totally different. They're not the same at all. Um, well, if you want to grab your link, if anybody else wants to hop in and chop it up, give me a quick ping and come on in. We've got a few more minutes left before I got to wrap up, but drop your, um, uh, stereo thing real quick. Uh, comments here. Yeah. Grab, um, the stereo app guys and head on over to, um, stereo on, uh, either Apple, iOS, or Android, and you'll be able to hop into Moff's call. Uh, Dungus Fund says people want a high-value person but can't get it. Use a bunch of low-tier uh, people to make up for one high-value high person. YouTube forces to speak. Yeah, it's, that's really what it is. I mean, like, you know, that article that I showed you before with that one pregnant lady with the four nerds beside her, it's like, even if you take those four nerds and you put them in a pile, they don't even really make one alpha, right? It's like, they, there's so much soy in that picture I'm actually surprised that it took that long because the original article was from, I think, 2017. And then the follow-up article to that, um, four, was it four dudes and one? Yeah, it's four dudes and one one chick. The follow-up article was about uh, two and a half, three years later. So it took them almost three years to knock her up. Now, keep in mind, she was 18, you know, when they first ran the first article. 18 is highly fertile years, right? Took them that long to knock her up. I mean the soy is real. Okay. There's like, there's a, a, a serious problem with that. They're low value guys. They're not, they're not generally what women want to spend any kind of a long-term basis on. Uh, so Moff's going to do an after show on stereo. If you guys want to call in and chop it up with him, um, he's got some interesting takes. He's fun guy to uh, hang out with and chop it up with. So go check that out. Um, I think I'm going to do that cast on the lady's email, maybe like Wednesday or something like that. Um, I'll do it on a plane to win podcast and I'll talk about going outside of the relationship, um, read her email, kind of get into some detail and offer some feedback because again, it's two different things. You know, if men can do it. Women can do it. If women can do it, men can do it. No, totally different things. If there's a bang in the night, ma'am, you hear a big smash. Are you just going to be like, Oh, let me get this honey, you know, because you cut the lawn and you know, you went to work today. So let me take care of this because we're equals, you know? Cause I'm a woman and we're equals and I'm a strong independent woman. So let me go downstairs and deal with that bang, you know, that broken glass or whatever it is. Of course not. It's always the guy that has to deal with shit like that. So stop convincing yourselves. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Cause it ain't, it doesn't work that way. All right, guys, let's wrap it up on that note. We'll talk to you real soon. Have an awesome,